Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 338. And today, I'm going to share with you one of our recent TAS Power Hours with my good friends, Chris Schaefer and Dom Sugar. And uh, yeah, we sit down and talk about some random stuff. But let me kind of give you a heads up of what we ended up talking about after we finished. And that was the open brand concept. Now, we've talked about this in the past. We have a brand that we are partnered with right now, and that's exactly what we do. And we talk about like how that's going. We actually talk about a product that we launched and is doing well over 15 sales a day with no reviews. Actually, I think we just got one review, um, and uh, it's been consistently doing well right straight out of the gate. We talk about that. We talk about why we feel that is. We also talk about product positioning, which is really, really important, like how to take a product and then maybe position it differently to another market, but it's kind of like the same kind of product. Again, that'll make sense as you hear us you know, talk about this in, uh, in detail. We talk about keywords, we talk about launching, we talk about optimization, and a whole bunch more because it's just a random conversation that we were having sitting down as we normally do. We just kind of hit record and we do this on Facebook Live. We do that inside of the TAS Facebook group, so if you want to watch one of these or listen in, um, we usually do them on Fridays at about 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. I say about because a lot of times I'm rushing around at the last minute to finish up uh, my uh, my day or my morning and my lunch, and then uh, I, I end up jumping on Facebook Live. I know, I know. It's my schedule, right? Uh, I try to eat lunch every single day um, with my wife, and we kind of go out and have some lunch together, and um, I usually try to get back in enough time, but sometimes it just doesn't work out because either my morning went later than it should have or whatever, but I try to stay on that schedule. I think you guys should try to stick to a schedule too. But anyway, this is a really, really good power hour. That's why I wanted to share it with you. It's funny, after we get all done, we're kind of like, what did we cover? And then you're like, oh my gosh, we covered this, we covered that, we covered you know this other thing. And uh, it usually turns into be some really, really good, solid information. And that's why I want to share this one with you. Now, With that being said, the quality isn't like this right here. It's not going to be my quality that I have on this because we were broadcasting on Facebook. We then pulled that feedback, and rather than make it really complicated on my end, I just choose to take that recording and then post it here on the podcast. In the future, I am working on some better audio quality, so this way here we can maybe uh, make these even a regular regular appearance on the podcast in some way. Not sure yet how we're going to do that, but it's definitely something I'm considering, but anyway. Anyway, just want to kind of let you guys know about the audio quality. And again, it's a very loose episode. It's us kind of uh, getting on as as friends talking about this business. But let me just say, after we get through the very beginning of it, we just start diving into these these topics and start drilling into uh, you know what we're working on or what we've been helping people work on. And we just start to really talk about the ins and the outs and what's been working, what's not been working, and all that fun stuff. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking so you guys can enjoy this. I did want to remind you, all the show notes and the transcripts to this episode can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 338. So I went ahead and had this one transcribed too. So all of you that like to download the transcripts, they're there for you. And any links that we share, which we shared a bunch, they will be located on the show notes page. And if you want to join us on a Facebook Live, again, you can always go over to the TAS page. If you are not there on the Facebook TAS page, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F is in Frank, B is in boy, and you can do that and then you'll be notified when we go live. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and stop talking now so you can listen to this this awesome TAS Power Hour with my good friends, Chris Schaefer and Dom Sugar. Enjoy. 
How's it going, everybody? This is Pharrell and Overnight. We're here with Scott Volker and Chris Schaefer. Yeah. We're talking about a little NFL news. Yesterday uh, was a big deadline, the, the new free agent. So, so what do you think, Scott and Chris, about all the free agents moving around? Scott? Uh, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get serious here. Uh, I'm supposed to be uh, broadcasting this on Periscope, and my headline just went away. So I just screwed things up because you got me all excited there, Dom. Um, oh. All right, Chris, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about the chat? We're here uh, in the uh, Facebook group. We should be broadcasting live. So hello, everyone uh, in Facebook world. What's going on over there? It is Friday. We've got some news to talk about. We've got some just updates and things that are happening and uh, some exciting stuff I want to chat about. So, Chris, you want to maybe take care of that while I get uh, our good friends over here at Periscope connected? On the Um, scope? Yes. So if you guys haven't been on Facebook Live with us before, again, all you have to do in the very beginning, let us know that you can see and hear us. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a heart. Or just let us know in the chat so that we know that we're not talking to ourselves. I can see us on my phone. I can't hear us because otherwise you guys would hear us talking to ourselves. That's no fun for anybody. So let us know in the chat that you can see or hear us. We are going to be talking about a wide variety of things. And the way that we like to do these lives is we kind of go through some of the news of the week. And then we save kind of the second half hour the rest of the time, however much time we have left to talk, to talk about what your questions are and to answer them for you. So if you guys have any questions at any point, leave them directly underneath about anything. And we're going to get to as many of those at the end as we can. Cool. So what's happening, Dom? What's happening in Dom's world? No, everything's great. Everything's good. Same as usual. Why don't, why don't you, you know what? I was going to actually talk to you really quickly. Why don't you do this really quickly? Why don't you get yep. people caught up on the open brand right now? What's happening in the open brand? What's exciting happening in the open brand? And if you guys haven't heard about the open brand, you're probably going to want to go check out that episode. There's also, um, it's up on YouTube as well. I forget what episode. We'll have to probably figure that one out. But um, why don't you talk a little bit about the open brand or some exciting things happening there? Yeah, the Oprah brand is uh, doing great. We're uh, finally trying to get some replenishment back from Christmas because we pretty well sold out at everything. So uh, a couple of our main products are coming back in. Uh, some of them are taking off uh, for, I guess, Easter's coming up and March break. So that's good. Uh, and uh, sourcing uh, a bunch of new products. I think we should have, uh, I think we're two I'm going to be sending in uh, shortly, probably next week. And uh, probably two or three new uh, products by the end of the month. Hopefully should be uh, going live and we're going to actually try our uh, first time sending direct to Amazon from China. We never tried that before. So uh, anxious to find out how that's going to be like. So wish us luck. But hey, that's it. Everything's going good. Yeah. So, selling through a lot of stuff and a couple of really hot SKUs right now because of uh, March and uh, April. So uh, that's about it, really. You know. Let me talk really quickly. Um, talk really quickly about the one product that we just kind of threw up there, wanted to see what was going to happen, and the thing sold out, and then it basically sold out again. And, and then it, you know, why don't you? Just yeah, talk? it's a. I mean, that's a great product. Kind of all three of us kind of just thought of thought of it on the run, and it it only took us about one week, two weeks to source it and get it ready. So. Uh, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say it's a fluke, but I mean, it, I guess it could be the way you look at it. And then, yeah, it's uh, you know what we could be probably doing, if I could keep stock in it, we could probably be doing 40, 50 a day, but I think it peaked at about 30 or 32 the other day. And of course we ran out cause no, we didn't want to buy too heavy on it to test it. But now, you know, we're going to have to start buying a little heavier on it. I did a few orders and got some stuff by the time it comes in though, hopefully uh, the rush won't be over. But even today we, you know, I think we had about a hundred pieces, uh, 
left, and uh, those are pretty well all gone again. What, what's the price point on that? That I mean, I know you've been playing around with the price. What's the yeah. price point on it that today? Uh, I think we're at uh, seventeen ninety nine. We were at uh, nineteen ninety nine, and uh, we lowered it about two dollars just to get some uh, some uh, momentum. But uh, again, we could probably leave it at nineteen ninety nine. But we, I just felt that the retail might have been just a little too high. So for the two dollars, we started gaining more more ground. And again, it's a product Scott that we have basically two reviews on. You know, absolutely no giveaways, and there's no competition at all. We actually are the competition, so we're first to market. I was gonna say, has anybody come time. in yet? Though I haven't really noticed that. Has anybody come in yet at all? Yeah, one person, but uh, not as good of product and a little cheaper price point, but not the variations that we have. The does not the, the amount of uh, ASINs or SKUs to go with it. I think they have like one or two, where we have four or five. So, okay. uh, so uh, yeah, they're not the. A great question on that, Dom. And and yeah. Scott, Jeremy wants to know, he said, how is something like that so quickly sourceable, yet you're selling because it's seemingly differentiated? Can you dive into that a little bit? Well, I can, I Dom. Mean, Dom, yeah, yeah why, why don't you speak why don't you speak to it? But I mean, I, I mean, I don't think we, we have to really I guess uh not disclose exactly like, you know, that we, we found something here stateside really to test yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's you know, why, why don't you why don't you talk a little bit more on that though? Yeah, I mean, we were lucky enough to source it uh, within the U.S. You know, not close to to my. I, it wasn't available where I am. It was available where you guys are, but again, not close that we could walk and go get it. So we had to, you know, work through a wholesaler to get it, and uh, you know, that's all it was. We just ordered a bunch, but the problem is the wholesaler just doesn't have enough supply because of the product. And like, okay, well, you know, I didn't think this would sell this much, so I didn't keep this much in stock. So they have to wait for them to get it in and then wait for us to get it in. That's basically what's happening. So yeah, sourced US. That's why it was fast. That's why it only took us about, uh, I, I'm saying two weeks, but I bet you it was only about five days by yeah. the time we got it. And I mean, I'll be honest, we didn't do the best packaging. It's definitely not in my wheelhouse. Uh, mm -hmm. I would say it's retail ready, but you know, we want to launch it. went it against everything you've said in the past. Uh, <laughs> pretty well everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty well everything. But you know what? When you sell 30, 40 a day, I'll let it slide now until we source it from overseas. Now, I was so, going to say, uh, once you – and again, we talk about that, right? We talk about AliExpress. Yeah. We talk about like yeah. whether you find something you know, and you can source it quickly. You know, you don't have to really, I guess, focus 100% on the packaging. We want to eventually. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually a product that we're working on right now. And um, you know, we could slap it in a poly bag really quickly. But mm -hmm. I said to the partner that we're working with, like, let's take a little bit more time. Let's, yeah. we know that competition is going to be coming in. Let's, let's do that. But in this case, we wanted to be first to market and you were for yeah. sure by us doing that. And it was a little bit of, uh, you know, going through this channel to then establish that maybe it's over here and it's not over here. And then we kind of traced it back. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think this is a good example too, though, Dom, to let people know that, if you can find a product that's being served to a market, but you can position it in another market being used for a different thing, yeah, that yeah. could be very, very, um, and I know Bill has talked about this in the past. Like if you find, uh, I don't know, let's just say a flashlight that can be used for, I don't know, just, uh, maybe running or something, but then you yeah. turn that into a bike for the light. And it comes with a mount on it. Well, now all of a sudden you've you've kind of made it fit a bike or a bike helmet or something like that. So you took something that's being positioned as mm -hmm. it's for this market. We just took a, a similar product and then positioned it over here at this market and we branded it as so. Yeah. So yeah, Scott, right, what would you? We do that in the open brand a lot. 
and we, we call it repurposing. That's what it is, a repurposing private label product. And we do have a couple on the open brand, and I have a couple myself in my home and kitchen brand. And whoops, did I just say that? Oh, well, good luck. Anyway. <laughs> Oh uh, man, I'm I'm confident anyways. Uh, but uh, yeah, we did some repurposing. But I think Chris was just gonna jump in and say that. But that's basically what it is. And uh, yeah, it's pro- really popular to do that. I mean, it's explanation that you're doing right there. Here, here, here's a one that's actually on Amazon right now. They took those those walking uh, nighttime lights that you put on your head, like the miner's light. Yep. Right. You know, with the little dude walks around the corner and the the lights like right in your eye, and you're like, what the heck, dude. Anyways, they repurposed them as barbecue cookers, cooking at night barbecue, so you could wear them and shine down in your barbecue. And that's what they were selling. Yep. It's exactly the same thing, but they just repurposed it, changed the name, and yep. you know, it's, so it's yep. finding a different niche for the same thing. And and Jeremy said, so yes. you're like riding a wave of a newly developed product. And the answer is no, it's a new purpose for an existing product. Right. And the example, I, I'm gonna go back to the garlic press example, Scott. What we did was yep. we took a garlic press and we said, it's not a garlic press. It's an at-home winemaker. Put a grape right. in it and you can have wine, right? Like right. that's what we did. And so we were able to find an existing product, repackage it and put it out to market to see if it would work. And it kind of yeah. blew the doors off of, of what the expectations were there. Yeah, no, I yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, it's something that's totally doable. And it, again, it takes some thought process, right? It takes some looking and trying to find something that could fit that market or that could be used as an accessory or even as a, as uh, you know, one of the main things that will complement it, um, or at a, as a dual purpose or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's doing pretty well. I think again, I like that we've did it, and it's shown that without any reviews, really, and then you're automatically getting sales. Lead me through that though, Dom. I mean, I know it, but lead everyone else through it. Yeah, like, yeah. what did it look like when we went live? Like, we had that listing built, and then we got inventory. We sent it in. What was the next step for you? Yeah, well, I mean, we pre- we prep everything before it gets there. What I mean by that is, it is all our, our 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 you know our body, our text, our copy, our photos, our back end. So the process was like you said, we just ordered it. Uh, we designed a, a a sticker tag on it that we actually went ourselves and made, produced, and then uh, detagged everything you know that we could from the original. So you know, so it would look so generic, and then put it on top of the polybagger box, depending on what variation we have of the product. And we just basically sent that in. And, uh, you know, again, we follow the guidelines. I mean, I feel that we have an utmost, you know, uh, listing. It's as optimal as you can get for the product it is. It's not cheap. It's not just a, a, a you know, throw on a table with a picture. So we did basically like we were doing it for ordering 10,000 pieces or something. We went through the whole steps and we just let it ride. Uh, and I mean, to be honest, our last four products that, we all, that we've released, Scott, in the open brand, four or five, maybe five now. Like we'd have no reviews at all. We launched with nothing, not giveaway. Again, we talked about it because we, we don't launch in a competitive market. We, you know, there's five of us, six of us at most 10 and that's it. So you don't have to give away anything. You don't need any reviews and it still sells. Obviously our number one product at Christmas time, I got back in and they're starting to sell already. You know, we, you know, they've been in for two days and we sold six the other day, the first day and five and eight uh, or I think eight today already. So, and I, I, I'm still, we're still over retail on it. Everyone's a lot lower now because it's not Christmas. We're just going to leave it. I'm going to see what happens and we're going to play with it. It's in, again, it's a product. We've differentiated enough. We've offered a lot of different variations, whether it's sizing or colors or multiples and our customer service helps. Our, 
account has a lot of feedback on it, thousands of feedback, not just hundreds, thousands, so people can see it and say, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. If there's any issues, you know, they'll, they'll give us our money back, and that's all it's all about. So, um, but again, we started somewhere, you know. If it's you're not always going to start with a hit product, but again, that's the process yeah, so we Dom, went through. So, someone asked on paper on yep. uh, on uh, Periscope, um, you're yep. using. I'm I'm asking questions. I know the answer, but I'm just asking. Yeah, them of course. Person. Um, what are you doing for pay-per-click? Are you, are you turning it right on immediately or what, what's happening? Auto campaign? Are you using a manual? Are you scraping? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, we're doing traditional stuff. Basically I'll scrape my top, we'll go top 10 competitors, uh, and then we'll scrape them and then we'll, we'll take those and we'll put them in the back end. We'll put them in our keyword search, term search, and, and then, uh, We'll use those and then we get rid of, you know, we we'll filter and get rid of all the dupes and put those in our back end as well right. for, for keyword searches. And then uh, that's basically, we'll let it fly. We don't do anything for the first couple of days because we wait for our inventory to get in. What we do is we actually set our retail prices like a crazy price in case Amazon loses it. You know, so if it's a $25 product, we put it like for 59 And trust me, that'll pay off sometimes because they lose one of the 10 products that we ever ship in. So, you know, they lost 800 of one thing a couple of weeks ago. When we launch something else, and you know, so they have to pay us fifty bucks times eight hundred. It's not. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm not worried about you know. I'm not worried about the the reviews and stuff anymore. So that was good. We just take that money and order more. So All that's right. one tidbit for everybody. Right. And when you just said it, yeah, we we scraped everything. We put. Uh, I know we know our stuff pretty good. So I I know we always talk and preach about doing manual. If you're in a market that you don't know that much about, or maybe then you could do manual. I go straight to to our. I sorry, you might skip automatic or. I go straight to manual where we put our own stuff in. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So I don't even use the automatic campaign anymore. You know, okay. the first few days okay. I did years ago and that's it. We let it run. Yeah. And we've set our budget and uh, the first couple of days we run it as high as we can. We'll put it like $200 and put it at $5 a keyword and we'll get our, our butt smoked. And then within a few, fi- few hours we'll be gone. The two, then I know what's the top, what's the cap yeah. for those keywords. And then the yeah. next day I'll set it to $100 or $50 and that's it. We do that with everything and it's low entry point, lower entry point to get in. So if somebody's at $20, I'll put it at $13.99 right. just to see how fast it sells, just to mm-hmm. get some leverage and we'll move it up every few days. But you can do it with pay-per-click without any reviews and you can, and you, you know, you're, you're probably onto something. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you leave it at, if you leave it at retail and you PPC and you start selling stuff, you'll know you're onto something for sure. Mm-hmm. So a- again, you know, you don't have to lower our price that much for most of our products lately mm-hmm. because we're just not getting into, you know, we're lucky enough to be able to find between all three of us. We're lucky to find products that's not saturated, that nobody's selling, but that sells lots. Again, that's, that's a dream, isn't it? Right. That's a dream product. And we're lucky enough to do that because we just don't release whatever, you know, I don't care. I don't want to be in a, and in a, in a, we don't want to be in a fighting, you know, in a, in a mm. PP competition, I call it anymore. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I want, I had some questions come in here on Periscope. Um, want to know, number one, how do you scrape? And the way that I do it, and I know Dom is probably doing similar, um, is, you know, we're using keyword inspector right now. Um, you can go to the amazing forward slash resources. You can find a link there and I think you get double credits, but there's a new tool I'm playing around with and, um, it's yeah. working, it's working really good. I just actually did three campaigns this morning. Chris, I didn't even tell you this. Um, I went in, I did three campaigns using, um, it's a tool called Scope, and it's done by Seller Labs. I'm going to be doing some, some videos here soon on that. It's a really awesome tool. It gives, yeah. you, it gives you the scrape 
right on the listings. You don't have to go and, and enter okay. the, the ASIN. And then you literally go in Chrome, you go to the, uh, the listing. There's a little, a little button on the bottom. And from there, wow, what the heck was that? Whose phone was that? Um, but anyway, so, uh, then from there, it immediately populates all of the keywords on that <laughs> listing that it's being ranked for and that it's getting sales on. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it happens, but it does. Um, and whether it's 100% accurate or not, I don't care. It's still showing that those are the keywords. So then I'll take those, export them. And I did that this morning um, and I'm testing it again. I've done already two other tests and it works really well. Um, and uh, I'm going to be doing, like I said, more videos on that and stuff. Um, TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash scope. S-C-O-P-E will be the link to that. Um, I'm not quite sure if I have a link set up for that yet, but that's what it will be. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, but if not, um, you can just go to the resources page and I'll have it linked up there. Um, that's uh, slash scope goes to your Periscope sessions. Okay, well, go ahead and use that one. Uh, and it, it will be converted over <laughs> to the pretty link. Nice. Um, I'm just going to probably just redirect that to the... Uh, to the resources page. Scott, what's uh, what's the cost of that? I mean, I haven't tried it yet. You never. Yeah, uh, I know you talked about it a couple of times. I but, think right uh, now I, I'm really yearly, anxious to try yeah, it. It's it's a yearly price. They don't do monthly. They do a yearly price, okay. and it's unlimited searches, so you don't have to worry about entering credits and all that stuff. Okay. Um, I think it's about three hundred and fifty dollars a year. Okay. Um, we get the T we get the TAS family discount, right? Yeah, there's going to be a family discount and there's actually going to be one. So, uh, before you pull the trigger, let me get on that. I'm going to update that as soon as I get off of here, I'll go ahead and I'll update that. If you're watching this on a replay, then you can go check that out. It'll probably be, probably be linked up. I'm going to also do a couple of videos here soon showing how I'm using it. And it also shows you like average sales that are being generated per month. It'll also show you the sales per keyword, which the other one tool doesn't use. Um, I still like Keyword Inspector, but to be honest with you, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. easier. And if the data is as good, it's going to be better, yeah. um, in my opinion. So, um, and like I know the guys over. Yeah, and I, and I, like I know the guys of, over there uh, to, to Seller Labs. They're they're good people. Um, it's a Keyword Inspector mixed in with like Amazon Tracker or Amazon Shark or has a little yeah, bit of everything, right? Is yeah. It? Um, but anyway, so that's how you do that. Um, and then um, someone wanted to know auto. Auto uh, pay-per-click campaign versus a manual, what's the difference? The difference is this. And again, I'm not against doing an auto campaign. If you're brand spanking new, I think you should run an auto campaign. And here's why. Because you're going to mine for keywords. You're going to let Amazon tell you what keywords it's saying that your listing is is optimized for. And then you're going to be able to see clicks. You're going to be able to see impressions. You're going to be able to see all that stuff. And I would let it run for at least seven days um, or even as much as 10 or 14 days. Get that data. It's like, to me, it's the easiest way to get something set up without having to really think about it. The manual campaign is going to be able to allow you to input your own keywords. So you may just want to do a handful that you know are off the top of your head, like, you know, stainless steel garlic press or long handle garlic press or whatever it is. Um, If you use a tool, like uh, to scrape keywords, then you'll take those, import those into there, and then you can go ahead and just start running that in a manual. And I would run it in a broad match to begin with. Dom, you're talking broad match in the beginning too, right? Yeah, broad. That's right, broad. Yeah, all the time. We always yeah, start and then broad. from there, we can go ahead and see which ones are converting, and then we can turn that into a freeze <laughs> match if we want to. Um, we're also going to be, all right, we haven't announced this yet, but in, in about another week, week and a half, we're going to be doing um, some pay-per-click training, some free training. We're going to have it going all week. Um, so we're, uh, we're getting ready to do that. Um, it's gonna be pretty exciting. I've got, uh, Jeff Cohen coming on from seller labs and, um, another expert in their, uh, on their team. And we're going to be doing a workshop and we're going to be doing some Facebook lives. It's going to be pretty awesome. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so it's coming guys. So just be patient, but, um, yeah, pay-per-click is definitely there to help drive 
sales. And if you drive sales, guess what happens? You start to rank organically. So don't look at necessarily your ROI on the spend that you're spending. Look more at what it's helping you do as far as organically starting to rank. That's where the magic comes in. Um, and it's going to be a process. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, just like Dom said, you're going to probably lose money in the beginning. But treat it as your ad campaign. Treat it as your promotional budget, right? It's like if you were doing a giveaway and you were giving away 100 units and you were paying FBA fees and the product cost, you're paying 1000 dollars right? Over that. But you would have did it for your promotion. Take that 1000 bucks, throw it into pay-per-click. Because now you're ranking for many keywords because you're starting to push traffic through those keywords and you're identifying the ones that are that are good and the ones that are bad. Um, so you're going to learn a lot going through that process. So anyway, um, that's that on pay-per-click. Um, I did want to bring up a couple other things real quick, Chris. Um, I know we're going to talk about this sourcing thing. Maybe we should dive into that. But I did, I'll did. i just give you what I want to talk about, Chris, and then we can kind of go through this. Um, the Kindle book. I want to talk about our recent uh, little case study that we did within a brand that we're working with with an email list and the Kindle book leading back to products. I want to talk about that. Um, I want to talk about a price test that I'm doing right now. And I want, Dom, I want your thoughts on something there on a price test that I'm about to run. And then I want to also talk about images and the importance of images. And I just did an interview the other day with Jared and um, he talked all about his images and why he thinks that that's his main reason why he does better than his competition. Um, so those are, those are some topics I want to talk about and any other, other questions that come in. But let's talk about the sourcing thing that you guys uh, were talking about. You want to jump? Yeah. So, and and Dom, you know a little bit more about this than I do, but you know, our our good friend Bill brought this up and kind of brought it to our attention. I guess there was some sort of like a a Chinese EPA crackdown that happened this week in some of the northern provinces in China, where basically they found a whole bunch of factories and did like a a one giant sting from the sound of it, uh, and said, "Okay, we found what did you say it was, uh, Dom? Like four hundred factories that were violating." Yeah, four hundred factories and like. 6,000 people got arrested or something crazy like that. Yeah. Bank, bank account seized, closed until what they, what does that mean? They, you know, well, that means so you better hope short, you don't have anything in there. Basically it means <laughs> you're getting produced in one of those factories that you're potentially yeah. going to have some problems in terms of getting stuff fulfilled. Obviously mm-hmm. those factories are eventually going to open back up. That business is going to continue to happen. Yeah. But in the meantime, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, if you're being manufactured in those provinces, like our friend Bill, I, I don't know if he was being manufactured there, just his agent was there, where stuff is kind of on hold or in limbo at the moment. Yeah, I, I think also that area, the northern states, have a lot of textile factories. So I think that's what uh, we're getting shut down. I mean, if people don't know that each each province or each area has their own you know, area that they make stuff. So there'll be a lot of silicone in one area or metal products in another area. So that's probably what happened. Someone just asked, is is Trump behind this? No. No, it's got nothing to do with Trump, I don't think. No. Bill, uh, uh, I almost almost called you Bill, Dom. Dom, why don't you give us a little Trump in uh, person? No, I had nothing to do with it. That's it. I'm going to shut them down, though. (laughs) They want to start doing textiles. They want smog advisory. That's no good. Finish them. Turn it off. No good. 30% tariffs coming your way. (laughs) that's all all i got today move on move on (laughs) Uh, so yeah i I don't think it's gonna i mean i talked to my uh to my agents my uh sourcing agents and that yesterday both of them and they both said yeah yeah they kind of heard of it and but then it doesn't affect them they have they have tests every six months and they have all they're all up to date again most of the factors that you deal with here's another little tidbit you can see if they're if you know if they're ios iso 9000 ios 9001 factories 
So they do all these mandates every month, every six months, the factories that are mandated like that. So cool. Um, not sure so yeah, I would, I would reach out to your supplier, your agent, whatever, and just make sure that they're still communicating with you, you know, <laughs> then you'll know if they're still there. Yeah. Um, someone just said he is the greatest Trump impersonator, the best. There's no one better. And Danny said he liked it too. Best. Danny Brewer is with us in the house, by the way. Just Danny, where's Danny been? I don't know where Danny's been for a long time. I think he's just pushing product. I haven't seen him on Facebook. Nothing. No, my phone's not ringing. <laughs> Danny, give me that a call. DB in D house. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear from uh, Danny, man. Is Miss Danny. Danny, where you been, brother? Uh, okay. Did you notice that Amazon indexing, DNXing back end keywords every day? Chris, do you notice that they're updating by your keywords in the back end? Are they are they like looking at that all the time? Is that they're always- not they're not indexing or DX de-indexing every day that I'm aware. I mean, I'm sure they scrape it every day to take a look at it, but it's more than daily that they like take a look at that, right? So it's not something where like one day you'll show up and the next day everything is gone or one day you'll magically show up for stuff that you never showed up for before. There is some rhyme or reason to it. Generally, it takes longer to get indexed for something than it does to get de-indexed for something because you have competition coming in that will help push you down that page and make Mm -hmm. you no longer relevant. Sales Mm -hmm. are really the driver there, not necessarily Amazon indexing or de-indexing. And that's why you have fluctuation from day to day in your keyword ranking, right? Is because maybe this guy sold better, so they're more likely to convert, so they move up today. That happens way more frequently than the indexing and de-indexing, at least based on what I've seen, right? People shuffle around all day, every day, Basically, every single search that is run has a different set of results, depending mm-hmm. on the exact things that people typed in. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, Scott, I've also noticed. You know, I've also noticed from the past, from from actually for years that I've been doing. All of a sudden, you'll be you'll be ranking, and then Amazon does a little bit of a switch, and it's because your category they don't feel that your keyword is relevant in that category anymore. It's happened to to me personally, not on the open brand, but on some in a few things for some keywords. I'm like, what the heck? We've been using this keyword for two years, and then. It won't be. Now, if I went in the subcategories, I was still ranking number one. But overall, when we typed in the keyword, I wasn't ranking. And I called them. They said, yeah. What they did is they just, it's a category change. They, that's what they told me. It just wasn't, you weren't relevant enough to that category. Because it's mm-hmm. one of those things where sometimes you can list your product in two to three categories. And they just pick a certain keyword and that's it. So we've actually got to the point where I've had to release the same. That's, here's, that's why I got into the, what we we're talking about at the last the TSB note, where I released the same product under even this different brand name, but same, just so I could go on the other side. So if I was a home kitchen, I could put it in, 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 in clothing. Or if I was in clothing, I could put it in sports and outdoors just okay. so I could rank that keyword on both. Gotcha. That's the only way and you that, can get away with it. That happens on so, the other side too as well, Dom. And it's something that I, I'm seeing yeah. happen more and more is they move you into a different category. Yeah, yeah. Where they say your garlic press is not in health and beauty. It shouldn't be there. It should be in home and kitchen. And they have a little mm-hmm. bot that goes through and goes, you're moved, you're moved, you're moved. And this is something that we've talked about in the past. You need to be in the most correct category for your product, even if it's gated. Don't just list it in sports and outdoors because it's an open category. If your competitors are in health and beauty, go through the ungating process. It's long, it can be a pain in the butt for no reason, even when you give them all the right stuff. Sometimes they say no, it can be extremely frustrating as Scott is very well aware. But once you're done, you're in the right place and then you don't have a heart attack 
if they move you to sports and outdoors because you're more relevant there, you're ungated yeah. where you should be. And then if something moves you, you can go, well, guys, it's a makeup brush. That doesn't make sense in health and beauty. It should be in, in health and beauty. Right. Or in sports and outdoors, it should be in health and beauty. And they go, oh, okay, and yeah. move it back. Right. I mean, cross-contamination, you know, category contamination is, is, is crazy on Amazon. You'll see it because they want to get the seller's badge. That's why they do it, number one. Right. I mean, you know, the but guys. That, but that, isn't that, that, I mean, that's mostly your secondary category for the most part. You know, it, it, we're it is, is, that's what, you know, and you know, your secondary yeah. category, I, I get that if it's relevant, then okay. But if you're just trying to put it in there, cause you know, you can outrank the BSR that's yeah, already yeah. currently number one and it's not related, that's wrong. But if you can yeah. find something similar that could go into that subcategory, I think that's a good strategy because then you can get the bestseller badge in that category Listen, if it's related. I've seen guys that are like in candle wax and they're supposed to be in sports and outdoors. Yeah, you know, like my competitors, I'm like, what the heck? They always get no course. There's only 12 people like in candle wax. No wonder you can rank, right, or whatever. But I see it all the time, and sometimes they do it. They they they, they do it on purpose, but maybe they mixed up. I don't know. It's but it's common. I'll, well, that's one example I could come up with now because actually there is some, one of my our competitors in open brand. He's actually in that. I'm like, come on, no wonder you get the number one badge all the time, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, honestly, I want to move over, but I'm not going to because eventually he's just going to get. They're going right. to, like you said, they're going to swipe him out and put him back where he belongs. So now what I did notice this week, is I don't know if anybody out there has had this problem, is with images. I know we're going to be talking about that, Scott. That, that's huh. probably a good leeway. Uh, if anybody knows, for, for some reason, my graphic designer uh, didn't put a full white background. And I'm not talking the picture centered and all that where there's 85%, but the background was just a little grayish white. And when you, I didn't even notice it and it kept rejecting and rejecting. It says, you need a white background. I'm like, what is going on? Now, this was like 12, one o'clock at night. Maybe I was tired. And then I talked to the agent in the morning. He goes, yeah, it's getting rejected because the color's not white. And I go, dude, it's white. And then he goes, no, 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 it's not white. I'm telling you it's not because it knows. And I went back and I could just barely see the, the square, the grayish tinge different. And just mm. that little amount, they won't let you set up. So I don't know if this is a new thing or because I see some of our competitors, they have a whole black background. Or mm. whole blue, and I'm like, how are they getting away? So I think, I think it's new. new. I think it's, I think it's new. I don't think that um, that was as critical, like you said. Um, I think also in the future too, if you try to upload an image that has a graphic in it, it's going to probably get rejected. Like right now, you're mm. not supposed to, but they're still getting approved. So if they have something to yeah, detect yeah. if it's a white, if it's a white background, or if it's got a color tinge to it. Um, there's got to be a way that they're going to scan that image. Like, like it's just like Facebook. They're going to tell right, you if it's right. got more than 20% text. Well, they're going to say, well, it's yeah, got 20% right. more of something. We don't want that. Um, they're probably yeah, as soon as will you uploaded be uploaded. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. I knew right away. I'm like, what the heck? Obviously, there's nobody watching it. It's just they haven't yeah. bought that. Yep. So anyway, yeah, I just want to see if anybody else. Is it's something that's quote unquote easy for them to implement too, especially on that main image, right? All they have to do yeah. is build a little piece of software. And I, I'm saying this knowing that all the computer vision people out there are having a heart attack. All they have to do is build a little piece of software that says this is pure white or it's not. Right. Right. And so anything that's not color <laughs> needs to be white. Right. That's what they're doing on upload now is they're saying it needs to be pure white. Your mm -hmm. main image has to have a white background, mm -hmm. period. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Your other stuff you have some more leeway with. But mm -hmm. your main image needs to follow very yeah. strict guidelines because they want the product page to look identical. Once you're in the listing, it's a little bit of a different story and they want you to be able to sell the product. 
But on that main search page, they want every product to look the same and they're going to start enforcing that. Some of the people that have like those black and blue backgrounds, they're not like going back and scraping it. But any new images that are submitted are going through that little check. And I I noticed that as well. And on the older ones, they'll eventually go back and clean it up. Just like every few months, they still go through reviews and and look for I received this product in exchange for, you know, an honest review. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. And they ban those reviewers and they do it on a rolling basis. Right. Because they can't stop everything from happening. So they do some stuff proactively and some stuff reactively. Yep. All right. On the images, I just did want to touch on that. Um, I had a great conversation with our good friend, Jared. And, um, you know, he uh, he swears by the images. Like, I mean, he spends a lot of time and resources on those images. Um, Now, his product does lend itself to having some really high quality images. And, um, you know, I asked him, I did an interview with him. He'll be airing here probably in the next week and a half. Um, and kind of like the growing pains of kind of going from zero to 20,000 from there on up to a hundred thousand, like what's the growing pains. And we all know inventory is probably one of the bigger ones. Um, he actually said that that was, but then there was also the stuff about like building the email list and all of that stuff that he knows he has to do that he's not currently doing that well. And, and all that stuff, but images, like he says, when he launched all of his products, he never did a giveaway. Like nothing, had zero reviews, um, barely ran any pay-per-click, um, but he had good optimized you know, listings. He had great images. Um, so he's really good at that. And uh, I just wanted to share that with people. Like don't chintz on your images. Like your images are the closest thing you're going to be able to have that will allow someone to physically touch your product, right? So- you got to imagine taking that product and putting it up in their face and being able to show them everything on that product. And then also keeping it clean, like you said, with a white background, because if it's not, it's going to look, well, it's going to look kind of cheap. Um, so, you know, he real, I mean, and he, get, I, I asked him, I'm like, so what do you pay a photographer in your area? He's, he found a really good local photographer and anyone asking, they're going to say, okay, well, where do you find? Yeah. Someone just asked, where do you recommend I get my images done? locally, locally is where I would say, find a photographer in your area. I can almost guarantee you're going to find someone that's really good. And then from there, they're going to be able to shoot the images even with you nearby. Now, Jared, what he does is he's on set. They schedule a whole full day and he schedules up to six SKUs that he does all in that one shoot. Okay. Now for that one shoot, he's paying between 12 and $1,500. Now to some people, it's like, Whoa, man, that's a lot of money. But divide that out for six products, it comes down to about $300 per image or less, right? Or per, well, not $300 image, per product. Per skew, per skew. So he's right, having like right. eight, eight images done per product. So that's six SKUs, right? So you got, you know, that's 48 different images edited, done, full day shoot. We're talking models coming in. We're talking like lifestyle pictures, the whole nine yards, Right. But he swears that that is what, and he doesn't lower his price. He doesn't do any of that stuff. He keeps it consistent. He stays true to what you know the brand has represented, and um, and he swears by it. So I just want people to you know to understand that your images are the closest thing your your customer is going to get to be able to touch it, handle it, and see it up close and in person. So um, definitely don't chintz on that. Uh, that and that so is part of the listing optimization. That was something we jumped into a little bit on the workshop last night. I, I'm glad you brought that up, Scott. That's kind of funny because um, I didn't know that you had had that conversation until we we kind of dove into that a little bit last night on the workshop. But we talk about it every time we do one of the hot seat podcasts, 
right? Yeah. Where people say, I don't know why my listing isn't selling. Occasionally be just about PPC, but even if it is, we still look at the listing, right? And we go, here's what's wrong. I can't think of one off the top of my head, and maybe you can correct me, where we haven't said, maybe change your images, mm -hmm. right? Because you're not standing out or you're exactly the same or your background isn't white, you know, any of those kinds of things. So the images are the thing that grab the eye. It's the thing. And, and what I was just saying with the white background thing is, you know, every product looks the same. So you have to figure out a way to get it to stand out. A good photographer can do that even in a field of all the same products, right? Maybe it's mm -hmm. flipping the angle around and pointing the garlic press to the left instead of to the right, like everybody right. else. Right. And just having a really nice, well-composed photo that can go a long way. That's the, that's the advertisement for your listing. One of the things that we talk about anytime we talk about PPC is like, okay, there's three kind of challenges, right? First, we need to get impressions. Then we need to get clicks. Then we need to get sales. Images play a role in both of those last two things, getting clicks and getting sales. They play yeah. a huge role in getting the click because again, you have to stand out. People mm -hmm. don't really read your title and I've gone on that rant a whole bunch of times. So they look at the image and that's what they choose your product based on. Once they're in the listing, they look at all those supporting images, and that is a place where you can impact conversion rate tremendously. And that's why testing images with something like Splitly, like we've talked about in the past, can be so, so, so beneficial, and it's super easy to do. That mm. is the thing for your listing. And if you go go back and listen to the KDK hot seat that we did, that was one of the <laughs> things. And we talked about you can't really listen or you, you can't really show someone what those athletic clothing look like until you do that in the images like it's it's different than picking it up off the shelf and going this is how it would fit me you have to mm -hmm. show them that in those images and it's the same thing with any other product whether it's a pencil or a garlic press or anything else you have to show them how it's going to impact their lives and what the entire thing is so that they have the experience of being there holding it touching it feeling it and experiencing what it's like right okay cool that's images let's move on to the price test i want to talk about this real quick um, and I actually set up something this morning because I'm curious to see what happens here. Dom, I want to know your your thoughts on this. Um, someone had posted inside of um, the Amazing Seller um, Facebook group, and they said that they were playing around with price. And what they were doing was is if you're selling, if you're selling, uh, selling, if you're um, Power Hour and Gold Rush Day. Someone just said, yes, Gold Rush tonight finale, I think. Um, so uh, <laughs> I got distracted. I thought about Gold, gold Rush. Um, what they're saying is, is if you, if you have an item that is less than $35 and someone doesn't have Prime, it's not going to be free shipping. Okay? Right. What he was saying was... If you can get your price to $35 or half of $35 where someone could buy two, you're going to collect a whole nother audience that's on there that might not have been seeing your product before because they don't want to pay for shipping and handling. Now, he said he's seen a bump in conversions. I'm not sold on that because I think there's more on there that are doing prime. But Chris, I want your thoughts on that. If, if I had a product right now that was $32.95 and I could bump it to $35, would you think that I would see a difference? And that's, and that's, that's the rub, right? And that's why I raised my hand because I was going to say, what is his price? If it's 33 bucks, then bumping it to 34.99 potentially will have that increase. And I've actually done that and I've experienced a similar increase. It was a 30, it was priced at 32.99. We bumped it to 35.99, right? Which generally is going to decrease sales 
but sales actually increased slightly because people don't have to pay shipping for it. But if your product is 25 bucks, I wouldn't drop it to 19 or raise it to 35 to try to capture that. You can always test it and see if it works for you. But in most cases, people understand that they have to get their cart value to $35. It doesn't have to be a single purchase. Right. So, you know, it, it's going to depend on what your product is, where the price point is. You can try it if your product is somewhere in that $20 range. I, I wouldn't raise it. $15 or lower it five bucks to get, you know what I'm saying? Like you can test all of those different price points and make sure you use something like Splitly when you're doing that to see if it's truly statistically relevant and it's not just a bump in sales from the day or from the week or for, from something that was going on. Right. Mm. But I've done it in the past when it's close and it did actually increase it. I mean, it was half a percent or 1%, which doesn't okay. sound like a lot until you realize Oh, Every 10 days, good. that's an extra sale. Right? Yeah. Doesn't sound like a ton, but over the year, that adds up, right? And so if you can make some of those small tweaks, it can help. That being said, that's one of the least effective tweaks that I've made. And I'd love to hear what his conversion rate boost was and how he measured that. Because if you could get that to be 2 or 3%, that becomes really substantial. Yes. If it's only that half a percent or 1%, there's a lot of other tests that you could do that are going to yield you bigger margins, like testing your image. Hmm. Dom, would you, you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, that's, I would never raise my price $15 to meet that, uh, no, no. That threshold. I mean, say, that's why I was laughing my head. Oh, off. Let's, no. let's say this, let's say you had a product that was $15 and if yeah. you got it to 1750, if they bought two, they'd be in the $35 range. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, you could also have a variation that has more in it so you can get to that price point. Again, 95% of us out there aren't going to have a $35 product anyways. So a lot of it's 15 to 20, 10 to 20. You know, uh, I have no issue. We've been successful for three, four years now with price points of 20, 25, 15, 10, even lower than that for our entry price point. I mean, I, I think as a consumer, if you buy something for $9.99, you don't mind paying four bucks extra. It's only $15 total. And I, I, that has to be the reason, I guess. And most people, if you look at your average transaction for the day, you know, I think we stayed around about 1.4 units. So that means that I mean, that's not too bad, you know, right? where the, mm. you know, the retail level, they want one and a half. If you're at 1.3, 1.4, you're doing pretty good. So, I, you know, I, again, never done any split testing that way to do it. So I don't know officially. I just know from experience that, okay, you know, if I have 30, $33 product, then I don't mind putting it back up. But otherwise, other, it's been all the, right. The other time that might work really well is if you have a yeah. gift type product. Mm. Yeah. Right. And again, like if you're right on one of those break points where like you could charge $16.99 or maybe your price is $18.99. So you drop it to $17.99 so that it's at that 35 mark. Right. Mm -hmm. That may help. But dropping your price from 18 to 17, that extra like unit per sale it may not be the reason. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Like yeah. you dropped your price a dollar. So to, to truly test it, you would have to actually raise your price from like 15 or $16 to 18, you know, $17.99 to see if that would work. But giftable products that might work a little better. But like you said, Dom, the average cart size on Amazon is is one unit and change, right? Yep. You're going to have a couple people order two, especially if you have a consumable product. Um, some of those kinds of things or giftable products 
where they just order a, you know, five copies of a book because they're going to give it to everybody and they're, they're just being lazy for Christmas. Um, whatever that, you know, whatever that case is, but most people are only going to buy one regardless of where that price is. So by all means test it, but that's not necessarily going to be the, the secret sauce to you selling an extra 50, yeah. 50 units a month. Right. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, I think if you're close to the $35 mark, I think it makes sense. Um, yeah. Like we have a product that's uh, $29.95 and I've charged as much as $32.95. I bumped it this morning to $35 to test this and I'm driving some traffic to that listing now and I want to see what happens. Um, so again, it's a test and I think you always got to be testing because um, you don't know. You know, you, you could you could trip up on something and be like, holy crap, like we're making more sales and we're selling it for more. So um, it's it's an interesting idea. Um, I mean, I, I know our shopping habits you know, I'll never go to Amazon just to buy one thing unless it's really expensive. We'll buy two, three, four things all at once. And I, I think that's what the prime, that's why it's there for because they know people are going to buy multiple products that might be a lot, a lot cheaper. Right. I think what so, he was saying I'm was the exact going to be opening it up to another, right. another segment of people that don't have prime. That's what the, that's what the, that's what, Oh the, yeah, for sure. You're no, opening that, it up to that, people that's, and, and I, I do agree with him saying like, when I get on somewhere, especially if you're on Amazon and you're used mm -hmm. to free shipping and you're saying I can get this product, but I got to pay five ninety five for shipping. I'm going to go look yeah. for another product that I could get free shipping. Cause I don't want to pay that. I don't, it's like I'm wasting my no, money because I know sure. I can get it for free. But you're, you're not yeah. necessarily going to go look at a competitor product that's $6 more expensive. You're going to go, I need chips yeah. or yeah. something. You know what I'm saying? Like you're yeah. going to find something else that you can add to that card to do that. You know, keep keep in mind, guys, that between 40 and 50 million American households have prime. So it's not just the individual members, but it's their households. Like, Scott, I think we talked about this. My business partner, Joel, and his wife and family, they order like three quarters of everything they, they consume on a monthly basis from Amazon, from toilet paper to everything else. They have one prime account, right? It's four people buying stuff on Amazon through one prime account because they get prime shipping that way. So... You know, there's a huge section of the population that already has Prime. If you're on one of those breakpoints, it's definitely worth a test. Um, more so, I think, if you're in that $30 range. Because that's going to be the point where I, at least myself, would say, is it worth it? Or do I just, do I have to go find something else to buy with it? And then right. it just kind of languishes in my cart and I forget about it. Um, I mean, But Dom, I'm actually the uh, exact opposite yeah. of you. I buy one-off yeah. things on Amazon all the time. I think Amazon hates yeah. me. Because I'll be like, oh, I need this. And I'll just jump on my phone and use yeah. the, the one-click purchase right, to, to buy vitamin D or like a bag of chips or whatever as I'm thinking about it instead of putting them in a cart like a good, responsible human being um, and then ordering them all at once, which would make way more sense and probably make my UPS guy way happier too. But he's in my house sure. every day for something anyway, so he might as well drop me don't off. Don't kill as many trees either. As right. many boxes, kill as many trees. But I mean, Scott, I was going to say that. I mean, that could be a whole business model if you really want to because a 35 40 to $50, is $60 market is not saturated. Listen, mm -hmm. if you can afford to buy a hundred at, at you know at twenty dollars a piece, spend two thousand dollars to flip it for forty, then you've taken care of you know well, two stones with one bird, as my buddy would say from uh, yeah. Well, let me go back to our good friend Jared. Um, he shared he shared this with me. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, you know, he went and created a product from almost from scratch. Um, really by re kind of retooling it and stuff and it took like six to eight months to actually have it manufactured stuff, read all the reviews of the, of a product that was sim doing something similar, but not exact. And he, he got the idea by just walking through a store like target or something. He's like, Oh, that's pretty interesting. And didn't look at it. Didn't look at jungle. It's got nothing like that. And the thing is the thing weighs like 18 pounds. Okay. The thing is oversized. 
And the thing costs probably about 25 to 30 bucks to manufacture, but it sells for a hundred. So he ordered, I think he said he ordered, oh gosh, I think now I'm going back maybe 150, 250 units, something like that. Quite a few units. It was three or four pallets in his garage. And when he got it, he was scratching his head like, what the heck did I just do? Like, what did I just do? Like, I got to sell these things. Like, these things are huge. Like, I'm going to need help getting these things like shipped and, and all that stuff, right? That's pallets. I can't even move them around my garage. So um, long story short, he sent them in. And as they were getting unloaded and they were getting checked in, they were selling. He sold them out in six days. Six days, no pay-per-click, just an optimized listing with great images. That's it. Pretty crazy. So um, anyway, I just thought I'd share that because he was blown away. I was blown away. And he was like, I was kicking myself that I ordered those. And I was so mad at myself that I had these things in my garage. And then all of a sudden, the, 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 as fast as I can get them in, they were selling. Like, And then he goes, and every now and then we'll get one that'll kind of come back up because it was either being transferred or whatever. And now it's back in stock. Within a few hours, it's gone. <laughs> so I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just funny, but that's a more expensive product. Uh, again, like you said, if you go for the, for a more expensive product, it's going to be more capital. There's more risk, but there is less competition. So just something to chew on, you know? Um, all right, we, we gotta, we gotta wrap up here soon. I want to get, get rock and rolling. I wanted to talk a little bit about, well, two things, the 1k fast track. I wanted to talk about that. And I also want to talk about this Kindle book. Um, for one of our, our brands that we just started with a partner, um, it's going to be a full-fledged like brand and they're doing a lot of the, the upfront work. We're just kind of working behind the scenes. But one of the strategies was creating a Kindle book. And I've got a little bit of a background in the Kindle uh, book market. And um, I just wanted to say, again, the power of building an email list is a, a, a perfect example here because... We built an email list running a contest as we talk about in the workshop that we recently did, theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. We taught this in Arizona, exact same strategy. We built a list of, what was it, Chris? Just over 6,000 in 30 days. Yep. yep. So about 6,000-ish. Um, and then what we did is we had a book written. And then we, um, we just like we, t just like we do in Amazon, we let our list know that we were going to be giving it away. This case, we were going to be doing a free giveaway. Um, because it's a Kindle book, it's a digital product. We, we gave that out. We ended up getting 2000 downloads in a matter of two days. We spiked up, uh, I think almost in the top 100 for all of free Kindle books. And now we're selling it between 15 and, uh, well, 15 to 17 a day. Um, and, um, Again, just wanted to let you guys know the power of an email list. That wouldn't have been possible if we didn't have that email list. And now with that list, we're also able to communicate with them, but then also let them know about future products and get feedback on the future products that we're going to be launching, which we have about, about two or three of those in production um, or in the pre-production stage right now. So again, if you guys have a product that could support a Kindle book or a Kindle book could, could support your market definitely worth looking into. I know I'm going to get the question, well, where do you get that written? Well, if you know someone that has expertise on that, you can have them do it. Or you can go to a place like iWriter.com. You can also go to Upwork. Um, and uh, is there any other ones that I'm missing, Chris, that you could go and get something outsourced? Um, Onlinejobs.com. Dot, uh, what is it? Uh, dot ph. That's more of that's more of bringing someone on board than a freelancer site, though. Yeah, I, I would say Upwork, Elance, uh, iWriter.com is usually a pretty solid place to go. And I think it's, it's a pretty simple process. It really, I mean, because we had somebody that could write it and they're part of the team, 
it costs us nothing to do, right? right. And, and you could write it yourself if it's kind of a more generic thing. If you're selling, I don't know, a scientific, like a, what's a Bunsen burner, right? Maybe you right. don't want to write a book about that. But if you have something that can lead itself to that, and it's something that you have an understanding of and you can write a book in, it costs you nothing. And what we're slowly starting to do is not only are we making money from that, but we're bringing in new customers. And actually, Scott, I, I took a look. We offered uh, kind of a capture inside of the ebook itself to put more people on the email list. And we've added a whole bunch of additional people. Uh, I want to say almost, almost 200 people uh, from that free capture already. 100, 193 as of right now. And only 20 of those people were already on the email list. Right. So between the people that we got to, to spike the algorithm on the free side for Kindle, we've captured another 170 email addresses while making money. Right. Right. We didn't pay for them and we made money doing it. So right. we're, we're recouping the cost of building that list. But now as we launch any products in this space, we can email that list and get an instant source of traffic. Yeah. Hundreds of people that are already ready to buy it. And that's what's really powerful about about yep. building. Lists. So, yeah. If, if your market lends itself to it, it's definitely worth the investment. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there and let you guys get, you know, have a little bit of an update of what we've been working on. And, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so that was the Kindle book, the price test. We talked about that. The images, we talked about that. We did a Trump impersonation. Um, we talked about scraping keywords. Um, we talked a little bit about pay-per-click. Um, is there anything I'm missing guys? Is there anything else that we want to talk about before we wrap this up? Or do you want to answer some questions live, Chris? What do you want to do? Well, I only have one question here. Wow, uh, Facebook Live, only one question right now that we haven't answered. You kidding? Uh, okay, says, someone wants to know, wait a minute, I got something on Periscope. Um, how much inventory to ship into FBA would you ship in? And I think, Chris, you're going to say my favorite word. It depends. Or words. It depends. Words. It depends. Um, you know, generally speaking, if you're placing a full order, I would say if you, if you are planning on selling 10 a day, 500 to 1,000 is still a safe bet. If you're not sure how much you're going to sell, then obviously send in less than that. I wouldn't generally bother sending in anything less than 100 units unless yeah. you place a very small Alibaba test order or AliExpress test order for something like that. And the reason that I suggest that is when we've tested products in the past, we test them with a quantity of around 100 units. Uh, we've now gotten bit twice now where the product goes to five, six, seven sales a day right away, like Dom said, with no reviews, very that little PPC. I know it's a terrible thing, <laughs> but the problem is you stock out of inventory immediately. Right. And so if you can avoid that and you're not just trying to test it, send in more units and then you don't have that same concern up front, right? Because we decided to test three products. So we ordered a hundred of each, two of them hit five sales a day. You're out of stock before you can get it back in stock and then you lose momentum and you have to start kind of worrying about that kind of stuff. It's a lot of added stress for not a whole lot of reasons. Okay, the last thing I do want to talk about, I almost forgot, and I, I shouldn't have forgot, is the 1K Fast Track. Dom, are you fired up or what? Yeah, you can't forget about that. Yeah, I'm really fired Gosh, up. I'm always fired I, up. You I, know I, that. I almost forget about that. We got some rock stars in there. The I mean, 1K Fast Track. Yeah, woo. that's uh, for sure we can finish up with that. Yeah, a lot of rock stars, let's, a lot of hustlers. Let's finish, up with, let's finish up with that. I'll just tell everyone where we're at with that right now. Yeah. Um, we're wrapping up our six weeks with that group. We had a, an early, uh, basically an early adopter, kind of a 50-person beta group go through the training. Uh, we taught it live. Um, we answered a ton of questions. We did a uh, hangout every single week. 
And this was really for the beta group because we wanted to see what was going to resonate, what was going to work, and, and if they could get results from what Dom was sharing and what I was helping with and Chris was helping with. And we were pleasantly surprised. Our pre-challenge that we had them do generated over $3,500 in seven days, um, which is crazy. Um, and then since then, we've got a whole bunch of people that have t-shirts now because we have a 1K Fast Track t-shirt. And when you hit $100 in revenue, um, we send you a t-shirt. We got a whole bunch of them being sent out. And we have a, a bunch of people that have already hit the 1K mark. Um, the goal of that of that class is really to hit 1K. Like that's what it is. It's to get you to 1K. And the really the big reason is to get you started. I got people in there right now that have said to me, Scott, I've been a listener for 18 months. I want a private label, but I'm too afraid or I've just been hemming and hawing, didn't know what way to go. I joined this to kind of get going and raise a little bit of capital. And this is what I needed to give me a little bit of a kick in the butt. And uh, now they have another set of tools and strategies that they can create a revenue stream forever by going through this. Um, so we are going to be opening it back up really soon. Actually, in about a week and a half, um, we'll, we'll be uh, really opening it up to the internal list. We have about a thousand people that are on an internal list right now that want to be notified when we open. We are only going to open it to 100 spots. We initially had 50 for the beta group. Now I think we're ready for 100 but we're going to cap it off because we want to make sure that we can still support that level of uh, or that that number of people in there and have the same level of support and all that stuff. So if you guys are interested in that, definitely head over and get on the early notification list of 1kfasttrack.com and you can sign up right there if you're not already on that list. We will be notifying the early registration list first. We will be giving a slight discount for those people. And then the price will slowly increase to the public price, which will be, um, that'll be available if there's any spots left after we let the early notification list. I have a, I have a hunch that it probably will not be available because um, we literally let a list of only 500 people know about it. And in six minutes, we filled all 50 spots. So um, if you are interested in getting in on that program, it's a six week program. Um, and the goal of that is to get you started, get you moving and teach you how to take product from a retail store and flip it for a profit. That's really the nuts and bolts of it. So Dom, why don't you talk a little bit about how it's been running that, that class? No, it's been a, for me, it's been a phenomenal experience, especially working with you guys and the classroom has been really uh, productive, you know, they're responsive. So it's, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. It's built. I mean, it's kind of like a private label classroom where you've built, you know, People hold people accountability. They, they, you know, the the lows and highs, the congratulations and you know high fives and all that stuff. So it's good to have that community again. Absolutely. Everyone could do it themselves. We're not saying you have to come, but you know, but you get that elusiveness with with us helping them and you know, and, and helping you maybe push through those little things that you get caught on, which is you know, could be anything. Price points, not sure what to purchase. You know, having troubles finding stuff in your area. I mean, I'm, you know, or maybe not knowing where to go to look for stuff. Just always thinking it's just about Target and Walmart and nowhere else. So we talk about all that stuff inside. And then as we get going in this, once we get to the second, third, fourth, we're going to have this thing, you know, pretty pumped up. Even now we got it, you know, we've, we've went through lots of things. We've uh, had a lot of feedback from our, from our, uh, from our students that told us, look, I'd like this to be part of the class and we're going to implement that. And, you know, we'll structure it, uh, you know, maybe a little differently the way we, we communicate with some of the product or information, yeah. but it, overall it's been amazing. It's a, uh, you know, it's a great experience for me. You know, I, I, I you know, I've coached and, and taught people for, for several years now, but not, uh, not to this extent where it's, you know, one on one on 50, I guess, or three yeah. with 50, you know, yeah. type of thing where we're kind of going back and then being, you know, we're in the classroom, 
we're in the Facebook room all the time. And then just to have an alumni, I guess, like we're going to say, so these yes. people will be able to teach the next group. And then yep. the next group will be able to teach. And now we'll have, you know, same thing. We'll have yeah. in a year from now, we'll have a thousand people in there helping everybody else. So that's what I'm kind of looking forward to for the future. And yeah, I think it's, hopefully, it's really, so. I think it's really just rewarding to look back and now see that people that started this were at zero. And now there's people yeah. that are posting screenshots almost daily of yeah. their sales numbers. Um, and it's just, yeah. it's pretty awesome. And, you know, a lot of people, they're just like, you know, I just want to make my first dollar or my first hundred dollars, my first thousand dollars. And then it kind of proves that this model works. And, uh, and also you generate some revenue. And, um, and that's what I really love about this. It's constantly being updated as far as people posting screenshots. The other thing I want to let people know is like, the other thing that we're doing like on a regular basis is, uh, you know, they're posting screenshots of products that they're finding. And then Dom, is is and, and myself and Chris are, are giving our feedback and we actually have done that five weeks in a row where we'll take 10 12 different products that they've submitted and then we'll give critiques on it and say yes I'd buy these or no I wouldn't buy these and or maybe use these as a filler product um, it's really about how to build out your product line but like Dom said we've learned through this process of what we want to highlight more and also we want to add a few things to it to make it even more powerful for them to get results even faster if that's even possible um, it's it's pretty awesome. I, I think it's awesome that in our pre-launch we had uh, people generate up. I think we're over thirty five hundred dollars in seven days, um, which is just unbelievable. So I'm just really pumped up about you know the differences that we're making and that people are just so happy and and just uh, you know they're they're moving now, right? We got them to the start line, we got them to actually start, and now they're in motion. So now we just got to continually keep them moving, and that's the that's the the goal here. So. Just wanted to throw that out there. So guys, again, that's uh, 1kfasttrack.com. Again, 1kfasttrack.com. Early notification list. Jump on that. Um, like I said, once we open, it will be open for a short time until we actually fill those 100 spots, which, which I'm believing that it will probably be within the first day or two. And then from there, um, you know, we'll be closing it down again for the next uh, probably eight weeks. So if you want in, definitely jump over on that list. We'd love to have you. Um, and if you have any questions, let us know that as well. Um, or anything else you want to wrap up with, Chris, before we uh, get off today? Yeah, one one thing really quick. If you guys are in 1K Fast Track, and I see at least three of you on Facebook Live, get your screenshots ready because uh, we have kind of the final numbers thing going down tonight. And Saeed said, I've hit 2,400 already, right? So five weeks in, he's made $2,400, which is absolutely crazy, right? And I know for a fact he's got a ton of inventory that hasn't sold yet that he still has yeah, yeah. that he's going to be making some money from as well as that stuff starts to sell. So do you yeah, guys have it? That's a great, that's a great point though, Chris. Let, let's, let's end mm -hmm. on that though too. Uh, you know, the cool thing is, is we've got people that in the first five to six weeks, they have 25 plus products in stock that they have in their inventory and they might've already generated $300 back of their investment, but they still have product that's in there that will be sold. So that's the cool thing about it, right? You, you're building out that that product catalog of your own, your own inventory catalog. And um, you, you still have like, it's great because people are like, oh, I already generated $500, but I still have $2,000 worth of inventory that will sell for that much. You know, I don't have that much invested. Maybe I, maybe I have 500 that's going to turn into 1500. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, they'll, uh, They'll, they'll, they'll need it because they'll be hopefully they'll be thanking us in November, December because they've sourced now. I mean, that this group that started is actually a perfect time to start because once the, they get going, this group and the next group for sure, they'll have enough product in there by November that they're going to start selling out 
right? So they got to keep going. So whoever's out there listening, just keep finding more product. Again, it's, you know, we're getting into spring now. People are going to start buying more stuff for the summertime. And so, you know, and then it's, by the time August, September comes around, we're going to be gearing up again for fourth quarter. So absolutely, the more product you can find now, you can send in. Cool. That's cool. It. Anything else, Chris? I think that about wraps it up. Facebook Live, share this up. Mojis, whatever else you do there on Facebook, do it. Um, Periscope, share this. Um, Mr. Yuck. Tap it up. Tap it up, like Papa V would say. Periscope. Quad tap. Um, and uh, yeah, tap. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you guys uh, soon. Uh, podcast has been updated uh, with three new episodes this week. Um, go check those out. And um, yeah, so if you guys have any other questions or anything, let us know. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week at some point in time. And uh, we'll keep you guys updated on all of the things that are happening inside of Amazon e-commerce and, uh, you know, with the things that we've got working as well. So Chris, I think that's, that's it, Dom. I want to thank you again for doing the Trump impersonation. Okay. It was, it was fantastic. It was awesome. And uh, we, okay. we do have a, we do have our last one K fast track tomorrow morning, our, our last hangout for this group. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be exciting. I can't wait to hang out with everyone there. So, um, that's it guys. That's going to pretty much wrap it up. <laughs> All right, so that's going to pretty much wrap up that episode. Like I said, that was a live broadcast with myself, Chris Schaefer, Dom Sugar. You can tell Dom is just a funny guy. Uh, he always makes me laugh. It's always cool to hang out with him. And uh, yeah, he told me too that uh, a lot of people in his warehouse listen to these when we broadcast them. So if you guys are listening to this in Dom's warehouse right now, you guys rock. All right. So just wanted to kind of give you guys a little shout out. I'm sure you guys are all having your hands in the air going, yeah, woo woo. All right, cool. And uh, yeah, because Dom would say, you know, sometimes he would broadcast it and everyone would hear Dom's name and they'd all start cheering and stuff. So uh, it's pretty funny. So anyway, just wanted to give you guys a little shout out in, uh, in supporting Dom and all that he's doing, um, not even just in business, but in Dom taking it serious now and really starting to get his health in check, which is pretty awesome. And I can't wait to post some updates on that because there's some things that we've been working on behind the scenes there and uh, I'm really excited about that. So, all right, guys, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Like I said, all the show notes, the transcripts can be found to this episode at theamazingseller.com forward slash 338 and you can grab everything over there, the show notes, the transcripts, all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, just want to say, remember, I'm here for you and I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.